is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. Well, everyone, on this week's episode, we have another fellow friar among us. Chris McCormick is a double podcast host. That's right, two shows, Know Your Numbers and Conversations with Chris. Chris is also an entrepreneur, founder of Better Books Accounting, helping beginning investors, entrepreneurs, and business owners maximize their tax deductions so they can grow their business with over 120 clients and in seven countries. This guy is the real deal. He also happens to be quite the athlete with a sub three hour BQ and an Ironman World Championship qualification. Chris, dude, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. How are you? Hey, Jared. Thanks for having me, man. I'm good. And, and it's an honor to be here. It's, I love talking with, with fellow friars, except especially people trying to make it on their own. So, so I love thank the show you. and I'm excited to get into it. Thank you, man. Well, I wanted to start and congratulate the fellow Bostonian on a recent qualifying of the Boston <laughs> Marathon. That's no easy feat. You yeah. did that at the Manchester City Marathon not too long ago. Are you mm-hmm. like the, the the plan is to run Boston in April, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we just found out that everybody who hit that sub three hour time qualified. So I'm locked in. At least I think so. I, I yeah. paid the fees and yeah. <laughs> you know how it works. So totally. uh, yeah, that's that's next on the list, man, for for the time being, that's that's what's on our uh, horizon. That's got. I mean, growing up in New England, I know you're from small town Connecticut. That's got to be like it, as of maybe I don't know how long you've been running, but I mean, for me, even like as an amateur runner, I just did my first marathon. That's been a goal of mine just since I've moved here. So like, I, is this like was this like a lifelong dream to run Boston or what? Yeah, man. I uh, actually, it's funny how it works, man. It's um, I think my what started on my fitness journey, uh, it really started after college, uh, mm. after I graduated. And what really made it click was I went to the Boston Marathon in 2018 and pouring rain. Yeah, uh, I was watching watching a friend and seeing everybody. That was the first time I went to anything like a marathon and uh, just seeing the way people grinded it out and, and went to it. I was like, damn, that's that just the transformation that that could do on somebody really. Uh, hit me it inspired me and so ever since yeah it was in the back of my head and back of my mind but that's what got me on this fitness running triathlon journey (laughs) yeah absolutely and you Uh, like you hit that sub three hours and not much wiggle room I love your Instagram like you so you saw that clock coming down the stretch right like were you just like everything left in the tank it's going down to these 0.2 miles or whatever it's left. yeah man (laughs) yep yeah and like I'm checking my watch so I'll tell you when I I mean, I went in there with a big head um, coming off the Ironman. I was right. like, I'm going to go out. I, I might win this. I, I might just like crush the competition. And so I came in hot. And, and that first mile I ran was probably the fastest mile I've ever run. I think <laughs> it was like sub six, probably 540 mm-hmm. mile. And and I looked down on my watch and told myself we got to tone it down. And, and right. I mean, it's not easy after after starting like that. So tried to reel it in a little bit, but keep up the pace because I knew that I needed to keep up and the fumes would be burning at the end so by the end of it yeah I'm, I'm pushing like seven minutes 720 miles and I knew it was coming coming to the the thick of it and right. uh yeah turn the corner saw saw 259 and I was like oh gosh so look it to the end but but we made it so praise god man <laughs> yeah exactly and like that's the thing about Boston too like you did get a BQ no matter what with a sub three hours but you didn't have a necessarily guarantee until the news right. broke that they weren't taking any off of that so that's still like the 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 waiting breath of like i don't know like it's a bq and it's a sub three hour no one can take that away from you but it's like i i did all that for maybe not being able to run boston so right 
props to you, man. I like, and, and hopefully, you know, crazier things have happened, but let's hope for a, a smooth race in April, mm-hmm. just from speaking from existence, like my marathon got canceled three days before it. And we found another uh-huh. one, same, same day in Boston, which is the only other Boston marathon. So uh-huh. Charles river marathon, but, wow. and I, I want to just say this too, cause you were, you were saying like, you were coming in, you wanted to win it. You want to go seven yeah. yards. Like you're not blowing smoke. Like you had a 345 split in your Ironman. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, you did swim and bike before that. <laughs> like it's, it's it wasn't a crazy feat. So congratulations. Yep. Uh, I kind of want to start there too with with Ironman Waco. Yep. Dude, an Ironman World Championships. <laughs> like, are, are are you going to Kona in 22 or what? Yeah. No, actually, Jared. The surprising thing is I'm not. Um, okay. Which is yeah, not. When you're there and you you see everybody jumping up saying they're going to Kona and and it's like it, everybody that's been there has dreamed of it. It's sure. um it's hard to turn it down. But I said uh, wasn't really in the finances, wasn't really in the books for for this year. They make you pay right away. So I was just like I'll I'll, I'll take a take a some time to to reflect. I mean it's a big accomplishment regardless. 100%. Like that's something that I'll be able to say. And um if i'm if i was able to do that my first time out i'm confident i could do it again so if if i <laughs> if god calls me to another race then then we'll see what we can do then <laughs> absolutely and and yeah. i never i didn't even know about that i didn't know you had to like hand them the check yeah. right you, like yep. that's probably the last thing you probably want to think about after <laughs> right I yeah and my mom so was funny. actually down there she's like telling me you can't make any big life decisions like three <laughs> days after after like an endurance event and i was like mom like i don't even know what that means but <laughs> They make yeah, you, you decide, right? Yeah, <laughs> they make you decide right then and there. And yeah, it's a pretty penny to cough up for just an Ironman alone, and then the World Championships is even more. So, I mean, I trip to Hawaii. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the experience is priceless. To, to say it is priceless. I understand why people do it. It just wasn't right. in the cards for me. So, right. But I mean, six months of training for an Ironman. I gotta ask because I, you know, just coming off of six months for training for a marathon. What was yep. maybe the biggest? physical hurdle for you and even to like what was the biggest maybe mental hurdle for that training right. period yeah that's a great question um I mean physically anytime you're going out the weekends are just a a grind man you yeah. you are training for anywhere from five to seven hours pretty much every weekend from June till September October so yeah um to to commit to that is is definitely tough i mean the adjustment for me was also nutrition wise like getting used to like eating some before i started this i was like nah i can just tough it out mentally like like just push the push the brink but for 11 hours plays a yeah critical role in in every <laughs> endurance event and absolutely starting to see the benefits of that too so um i think that was a big adjustment and then mentally man it was just um i don't know it, i was i think i was there like I think the biggest thing for me mentally was actually committing to it and telling yeah. myself that one, I could do it. And it was a, a worthy pursuit at this time. Like the hardest thing for me and which some people say is backwards, but like the, the initial decision, like financially committing to it and, and saying, getting the coach and saying, this is what we're doing, signing up for the YMCA. Because once the, once the plan was drawn out, I was like, oh, it's easy. Like just swim today and, and run today. And right. <laughs> No, totally. Oh. I, I got to say yeah. like that, that too, like, especially when you're committing financially to an Ironman, yep. that's not like you were saying, it's not like, it's not cheap. I mean, marathons alone aren't cheap either. Right. And then like, unless you buy the insurance, which is another mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> extra money, like, yeah. you know, you kind of have to sit, tell yourself, like I, I paid for this. 
Yep. You know, I think that's yep. like one of the funniest posters that I see on the marathon is like, you paid to do this, but it's like, yeah, yeah you, you did. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I was like, yeah. you have to commit to it. And I, I, I agree with you. I, I have not trained for an Ironman, but just like the three hours or two hours that you had to commit to running every Sunday or every Saturday, mm -hmm. yeah. like then that also impacted your Friday or your yep. Saturday. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it, it was just a lot and the planning of it all, you know, I wasn't, I did all the early mornings in college for swimming and I was yep. like, not about that anymore. Right. We kind of have to go back to that was really tough for <laughs> me. I was like, yeah. oh, I thought I left this life behind wow. me. So it yeah. was, it was a rude awakening, but <laughs> I love your aspect of the mental aspect was the start. And you're saying some mm -hmm. people may think that, that that's backwards, but I completely agree with you. Yeah. And that's something I've heard like, recently i think i don't know if you follow like james lawrence the iron cowboy who's done oh my gosh iron Man. Yes. he was saying like once you get started it's it's a whole lot easier sometimes the hardest step is, is taking that first one like getting to the gym the first day and and just telling yourself that you're capable but yeah after that it kind of snowballs but there are times where you're like why am i doing this like what what is going on <laughs> dude i i hear you because it's hard to see the finish line okay. in month two of training when yep. you just have to go out for a 12 mile, like easy run, but you're like, right. why am I doing this? Yeah. No one's cheering me on. No one yeah. gives a crap. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So actually that's why I started documenting mine oh, was yeah. the, during like yeah. my, I did like a thousand mile man challenge on my Instagram in the beginning of 2021. And I was like, at least I'll have this for me. Yeah. Like, right. it's cool to get a swipe up and someone says, Hey, congrats, or this is mm -hmm. awesome or whatever. That's all great. But I was like, Hey, at least this is good for me. Yeah. I don't know. And then, then turned into like, why am I running a thousand miles? And then we signed up for a marathon, but here we yeah. are. So, <laughs> right. Wow. No, that's but, good. Yeah. But so yeah. I want like, obviously you're a risk taker, <laughs> Ironman, sub three yeah. hour marathon entrepreneur, but let's all start at the beginning. That's where I like yeah. to start with every show and kind right. of, I feel like every story has a beginning. So that's where we want to start. Can you talk a little bit about growing up in the McCormick household and kind of the yeah. pillars and values that you grew up on that have kind of shaped who you are today? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for asking. That's that's a huge part in it. And uh, something I'm now starting to see a lot more is family plays a massive role. You know, I'm uh, the second oldest of five children, uh, two loving parents, both Providence alum, as we mentioned, <laughs> uh, go Friars. But uh, grew up in a small town, Hebron, um, and went to public schools and did the thing. But my parents, my parents were very disciplined and my dad was hardworking enough to to also give my mom the ability to be at home when she needed to be home when raising five kids so um blessed to have to grow up in a family where, where that was possible um my story really begins in like senior year of high school when we had a tragic accident happen and, and lost two of our close friends and that kind of spiraled into this I mean, confusion, misunderstanding of what life is and, and really just the depression. So that was kind of with me throughout high school, a lot of college, and it caused me to go into some, make some poor decisions in terms of just abusing alcohol, drugs, and, and ultimately just, like I said, spiraling downward. But uh, mm -hmm. by the grace of God, I, I had the wherewithal to say that I wasn't okay and, and sought out the help that I needed and then it, it turned into this kind of uh David versus Goliath like me versus me mentality and, and just conquering the the voice in your head that that tells you things suck or or you're not worthy and uh 
thankfully I had the resources I needed to, to make that possible and my parents were a big help. And so that transformed into setting goals and, and taking care of my body, stewarding my mind, right way, reading and studying. So um, that's a lot to take in, but, but that's, that's the no, totally. <laughs> surface level, I guess. And yeah. I, pre- I appreciate you sharing, uh, sharing with us that I, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard when you go through something like that at that age, the senior year yep. of high school, like, let's talk about like the most indecisive time of your life, <laughs> no matter what you're going through, like, yeah. please, you just learned how to drive a car you've probably had your first, you know, real true, like love interests. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the weirdest time of your life, yeah, right? Throw on top of that, a tragedy like that. And yeah. com- to your point, it's hard to then be like, oh, this all makes sense. I mm-hmm. totally get where this this <laughs> path is going. It's hard to see that. And, and, and like, I, I applaud you from kind of getting from the the ground up right like mm. re, revisiting like this is not what this life is about there's right. more to it than the surface level stuff so i mean just going from past experiences like i i didn't experience anything like that but just like for me it was a little bit younger i was 6 when my parents were separated and mm-hmm. i was like i i mean it was like oh two christmases sweet sick you know yeah. <laughs> but then it was like growing up in kind of that type of a household and having that sort of overcast shadow it's like okay i'm now getting this what this is so it's it's a lot to take in and i think Mm -hmm. for seniors in high school that's the throw on top of that going to pick a college good luck you know (laughs) which we locked out we made the right choice we we did we did make the right choice and so you know coming from two providence uh parents is that was that kind of like the had to be number one or like were was there were there, were there any pressures to pick providence from the parents? yeah not, yeah that's a great question too jared and and the answer is no straight up but my like i said i'm the second oldest uh my mm-hmm. older sister graduated loyola maryland so um and actually my younger sister decided that too and now my brother is at providence so it's kind of this thing where the girls okay. go loyola boys go to providence <laughs> we'll see where where the young maggie goes but uh no, my parents were same thing. They, I mean, they were very, they said, this is your decision, go wherever you feel comfortable. And honestly, I was, I was looking in Philadelphia, University mm-hmm. of St. Joe's, I thought I was going to go there. And then um, something called me to Providence, St. Joe's didn't really hit the, you know, you get the feeling didn't, didn't hit the yes. spot. So um, you, I, I got the feeling the first time I visited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and Providence is, I mean, dude, I can't speak highly enough of that the people there. Uh, the faculty the staff like I, I got to work with some amazing people the athletics man like that they got a lot going on and, and it's it's uh, it's awesome we're recording this on the on the 23rd in fact after this interview I hope you're gonna go watch the the game against Virginia correct oh uh, now that now that I know that they're on yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah we beat we beat <laughs> Northeastern or North, oh, Northeastern Northwestern last night big game and okay. uh, Nate Watson was number one on Sports Center. shout out Nate Watson wow. so. So right. basketball's back, baby. And yeah, obviously amen. hockey's amen. got some good good stuff going on. And obviously the swim team. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. No, but, can't forget about them. Heck yeah. But you so you took the traditional route at PC for an accounting major, the four plus one with an MBA, and went on to work for a big four accounting firm. Like every PC alum that's listening to this is like, stop <laughs> me if you've heard this before. But so you landed a job at PwC. Can you and, and got your CPA? Take yep. us through that grind though. I know yeah. accounting majors get it. Trust mm-hmm. me, I wasn't yeah. one. I was a marketing major, but like I think it gets overlooked because someone who just sees that oh he works for PwC like oh he got his accounting degree. That's yeah. there's more to it than that. Can you talk mm-hmm. to me about like that whole maybe even like just that last year of like all yeah. that taking all that in? 
man, you're, you're coming with the questions. You are equipped, dude. And this is, yeah, another great piece of, of my journey. Um, like I said, so I struggled pretty much all of college, just like trying to figure out the emotions, the, the alcohol and like trying to come to terms with where I was in life. And, and so thankfully I had that last year to kind of figure it out And the CPA. I mean, it's, it's a grind. It's hard to do, but mm-hmm. it's a goal that, that you should set for yourself. If you work to get the accounting degree, you're in the program. And so I use that kind of as a, as a motivation to get into a routine, you know, work out in the morning, work during the day, study during the day, go to class at night. And, and that kind of transformed me into to being this person to, by the time I got to work and had all the exams behind me, now I had a reason to, to wake up early before I get to work because I need the, the clarity to, to go to work. So um, I guess during the year I, I knew I mean, it was, it was a grind, but I knew it was wor- a worthy pursuit, right? Like they say, right. that CPA is, is a great investment, but also just like the, the time that I got to, to spend. And I mean, that's where I first swam for the first time since I was 10 was, <laughs> I mean, that was the first time I used the Providence gym really. It was like that, wow. that fifth year. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, I probably went a couple of times in freshman year, like on Thursday nights. Oh, we're going out. Might as well. Yeah, get a little pump. Party pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, man, I I can't say enough about that that fifth year and and what it did to me mentally and and physically and just um, I mean financially. Now I have a CPA and <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's funny you bring up the gym. Like obviously, I I was blessed to have the opportunity to play athletics uh, for Providence and use the facilities as an athlete <laughs> and have even yeah. that even like it was small like honestly square footage wise you guys had the better perks the 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 varsity gym was a little bit smaller but i had the perks of having a world-class strength and conditioning coach and having a set you know like regiment come in twice twice a week have exactly know what to do and all that stuff then when i retired from the sport of swimming and i still had three four months left in my senior year i went to the gym for the first time and i was like i don't know what i'm doing at all right. i mean not only is it like one of the best gyms in probably the northeast if not the country for student for just students yeah. but i was like there's so much here i don't know what to do right <laughs> and yeah. some of these kids like i mean like i like you you, you know like it, it kind of knocked me down a notch i was like i was a d1 athlete and some of these kids are like way better in shape than i was yep yeah no <laughs> and I just, like, the lifestyle that, there. that were like committed to it early on and at a young age i mean um i'm i when I was there fifth year and saw some of the kids up early yeah. that were just like going to regular classes. I was like, damn, I could <laughs> see where he goes. <laughs> <laughs> then he goes to his eight thirty Civ, like no problem, yeah. you know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but so, you know, after all of this, like really coming up right. And into that fifth mm-hmm. year, and then you, yep. you, you did your internship at PwC, you land the, the full-time job there. Yep. Was that kind of like your exclamation point at this point in your life? Like now you have that big boy job, you know, like you were saying, you have a reason to wake up in the morning a little bit better. Like what was that kind of, when you got that offer letter, what was kind of going through your head and was it all worth it there? Yeah. Um, honestly, so I'll say the, the big, time that that it kind of hit me was when I got that final you passed the CPA exam Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually in Yellowstone National Park with my family we were on a family vacation and I was set to start work in like two months and that was I got it Um, and I was like all right that's cool all this hard work paid off but at the same time Jared there was like a little piece of me that was like all right there's more out there 
and and this is just the beginning kind of thing so um it's funny how goals work you know you work so hard to to get to that finish line or or to pass that exam or do this or that and you you do it and it's great but then you're like okay what's next like where yeah. where where do we go after this you still have everything ahead of you and so um while it did all that hard work paid off it it still left like that feeling like okay where do we go now like I, I knew that there was something more than in public accounting and pwc and and that 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 traditional 20 30 year track that that people have been touting for a while so mm -hmm. um as great as it was to achieve all those things it, it still uh left me I, i'll say unfulfilled as <laughs> you know well, um, and, and that's why in podcasting, we call this a leading question, because we have obviously a lot more to talk about right, than PwC. Yeah. But so yeah. it's just it's just funny you bring up that point. Like, obviously, uh, you've done um, ultra races between the Ironman mm -hmm. and the marathon. It's funny, like we talk about in the running culture, like the post-race blues, of, like yep. when you finish <laughs> that. And what you what I've seen on your social media and on LinkedIn and all that, it's like the yep. finish line is usually just the next starting line. And yep. as cheesy as it sounds, it's maybe that's part of the reason why the starting and finish line are usually just the banners are flipped <laughs> over. You know what I mean? Right, so yeah. I, I, so it's, I guess, where did it then come to you? Like, I want to dive into an entrepreneurship type of mentality. Yeah. Uh, another great question. And uh, dude, I, I got to honor you right now for just like the, <laughs> the way that you're prepared. That's not. Thank you, man. Um, something Thank I you. Use, I'm used to. So it's, <laughs> it says a lot about you, but uh, yeah. Entrepreneurship always kind of in the back of my head, you know, um, that fifth year, I spent a lot of time reading and just discovering more about different people. Um, but there was always this this thought in my head, like, you don't have anything that you can sell. You don't have an offer. You don't have a service. You don't have a product. Like, right. you, whether or not you, you are an entrepreneur, it's better to have something to, to offer. Right. So I, that was kind of my, my limiting belief in a way. And so um, for all of COVID, I guess that was kind of my thought, you know, I was reading all these things and everybody's like, go out, take the risk, do your thing. But I'm like, dude, I don't have anything to do kind of thing. So, right. Or um, financially, like, yeah. like, like that's, what's been the biggest thing for me. And I'm not saying I'm like ready to jump into entrepreneurship, but it's like, yep. okay, if I were to do this full time, am right. I ready? And yeah. every day I wake up and I go, Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But Honestly, Jared, I'll, I'll tell you that you're, you're never going to feel ready, right? Like, yeah. I didn't feel like I was ready to do the Ironman. There's so many things that told me I should not do it, right? The, the money, the, the fitness, the commitment, the time commitment, like everything mm -hmm. told me not to do it. But there was that feeling like, no, it's, it's time to do it. So, um, and that's, that's what this entrepreneur thing turned into. Like, I was on the Ironman journey and um, I'm like going after something that's been heavy on my heart since I started this fitness journey and it just felt like it was the time to go after it all so I um I was also reading Think and Grow Rich I don't know if you've read that yes. but Napoleon yeah, yeah, yeah. Hill, great book and uh it's all about like you'll have these thoughts of, of where you want to go and you just got to act on them so so I did that I was like all right while I say I don't have these skills like accounting and bookkeeping are a skill that most people don't have like most right. people just don't want to look at numbers and, and think about numbers they'd rather run their business so i was like all right we'll do it start a bookkeeping company accounting company um offer it to entrepreneurs and small businesses and uh we'll quit our job on this day so <laughs> so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it was uh, crazy it was definitely 
a risky pursuit, not something, not your most traditional uh, leave the corporate world story. I didn't have much, I didn't have any clients. I, I didn't um, have anything to really fall back on, but I had a, enough cushion where I was like, we'll do this and, and figure it out. And so right. far it's, it's worked out. I mean, it hasn't been, I mean, there's been days where like, why am I doing this? I left a, a cushy position. I had a consistent pay. I had great benefits, but uh, I then turn to the other side and think about like how I felt when I was there, the, the time commitment that I was giving for something that I thought I was worth more than. And, and so, um, yeah, it's been great, but, but that's, that's the story. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, throw on top of that, you did it in amidst the global pandemic that's going on, you know, like no big yep. deal, but like, <laughs> I, 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 I applaud the, like, did you have that date circled? Like this was the day it's all going to happen <laughs> from here. Like how, like, how'd you get that roadmap? So down packed. <laughs> yeah. So I think this all started in, in like the middle of May was when I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to somebody that I got connected with and he told me he, he was working at a gym, quit and just started to go out on his own. I was like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. So yeah, in the back of my head, I had written down that I was going to quit my job to pursue an entrepreneur uh, journey. I was looking into real estate investing. I'm still looking into that, but I needed something that was going to pay the bills now. So I turned to bookkeeping and then, yeah, wrote down, I think it was June 14th. I said, this is two weeks. And then June 25th or something, I was like, quit job. So, wow. Um, yeah, the, the power of a calendar and writing something down. <laughs> well, it, it kind of gives you that pressure of like, well, yeah. you, said, you told yourself this is the yeah. day. And if yeah. tomorrow you wake up and you're not going to do it, you didn't yeah. commit to it. So, and exactly. it sounds like in this kind of story that we're telling here, it's a lot about committing to it. And like yes. whether it's Ironman training, marathon training, entrepreneurship journey, it all seems like yep. it's a big commitment. <laughs> right, right. Yep. But so where did podcasting fit into all this? Mm. You started conversations with Chris before you started more of the accounting-based podcast, but how did you dive into that? Yeah, no, that's a great question too. And that was, um, I got to credit, and I know you've had him on the podcast. I got to credit Connor Holloway. uh, (laughs) I was going to ask about Golden Deer a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my brother. He's he's a big part of the story too, and I don't give him enough credit. But uh, I had always, um, or I guess, so like I said, when I started at PwC, I thought there was something more. Connor was nice enough to allow me to like help out on his set when I could. And and yeah. that's where it kind of started. I was getting into the interviews and, and seeing the conversations he was having. And I've always been one for, for communication and also just like deep conversations, thinking critically about certain things. I loved like the the philosophy that had Providence, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. Um, yeah. But really the podcasting started there. And then this year Connor was like, dude, when are you going to start your own? Like I had, we had always talked about it. We always kind of knew that it was in the works, but it was, yeah, I wasn't committing to it. I, I didn't um, ever take the leap. And, and so turn of the year, I was like, all right, this is a year that's going to make a huge difference. Um, right. And I, at the beginning of January, I got plugged into a, like a, a, a mastermind that was like a free mastermind throughout like the first couple of weeks of January. And the big thing was just like, make this year as, as great as you can and, and commit to those things that you've been pushing off. And I was like, all right, podcast, <laughs> like texting Connor, Connor came over and he's like, dude, this is what you need. Like a mic, some, some other thing that I still don't even know what it does. And, uh, <laughs> and then you can just record. So yes, um, did that 
hopped on anchor like was recording on anchor and and started it that, that was it so that's it's such like like that's that's my podcasting story right yeah. like it, it's so funny and and i think we do have to give credit to connor hallway like <laughs> talking about like an entrepreneur coming from providence i don't yep. think i've ever met anyone like connor right. there's entrepreneurs from providence there's no yep. doubt about that but that kid is just <laughs> built differently yeah. Like his yeah. mind just thinks differently. He'll, he'll be the first to tell you that. That's what he said on the show is yeah. like his mind just wasn't there <laughs> at Providence. It was all in on golden deer and he still got the degree and he still yeah. has all that credit. It's the same piece of paper that I have hanging up on my wall. So yeah. <laughs> credit to him. But like, I think to your point, just like going into 2021, I started in August of 2020, but like okay. that is, it is the year that like, I think 2021 was the year that's like, okay, we we've seen the bottom of the barrel. I think yeah. as, as, as a society, we've seen what, what right. like bottom looks like. So mm-hmm. even if we're not, I don't think we're anywhere near the, where we were, but we're coming back up. And I think like, this is the year where you have to be like, this is what I'm doing for me. Yep. Amen, Jared. And you hit it right on the head and yeah, props to you too. Cause I know it's like, the thought of starting a podcast is a lot more intimidating than actually doing it, right? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, doing it is, is tough. It's a commitment, but it's the same with anything. Like, thought, every everything that can hold you back. I've overanalyzed myself on a number of occasions. Yep. I used to hate the sound of my own voice. I don't even listen to my own podcast still because right. I just can't stand hearing myself ask these questions. Yeah. And, like, hearing myself right now through these headphones, I'm sick of it. But, like, <laughs> it's, it's the... I like I'll never forget. I've told this on, on a number of occasions on this show, but I don't know if you know who this is. But Jake Bamford at Providence, he was my roommate uh, my junior year when he was a sophomore, and I told him that I was going to want to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he kind of gave me like a wake up call. He was like, "What are you going to call it? The hundredth podcast under the sun?" And I was like, <laughs> "Good point," because right. everyone and their mother was starting a podcast. Yep. So it was like, "What's going to make your podcast great?" And I don't have a niche like topic to talk about i didn't want to do a swimming podcast i didn't want to do if you know i'm an eagles fan i didn't want to do an eagles (laughs) podcast there are plenty of those and i would be sick about talking about them Mm -hmm. so i'd rather do a show where it's always going to be me and it's always going to be somebody else so like i've said this now on a couple shows but it's like find your niche and your niche is you in this instance like right every episode you're going to see me no matter what so (laughs) if you like it great if you don't hopefully you'll come back for the guest yeah (laughs) But right, that's, that's really how this show kind of got started. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great, uh, great um, thought, I guess, or, or mantra even. Yeah. But uh, and that's kind of how mine was, too. I was just like, we'll start it and then see where it goes. And right now, I'll tell you, Jared, I have two podcasts, but I'm already considering just merging them and, and starting to niche a little more, making it a little yeah. more business oriented and that's that's the beauty of it you can just like make things up as you go and and figure it out like you that's don't it doesn't have doing, to be perfect man. and it won't be perfect so <laughs> yeah that's what we're all doing we're all just yeah. figuring out as we go yeah. right? <laughs> right whether it's podcasting whether it's life whatever life, yeah. if it's dinner yeah. tonight you know yeah. we figure it out we'll figure right. it out Amen. We're going to take a quick break from this week's interview to talk about our new sponsors over at Beam guys I want to talk to you a little bit about protein powder I have been doing protein powder on and off for probably close to 10 to 12 years. Like when it first came out or when I first started using it, it tasted like absolute chalk. Like vanilla is, in my opinion, superior to chocolate in a lot of things. And I'm going to get hate for that. But vanilla protein powder was just not it. And what was so crazy to me 
was during those 12 years of on and off using protein powder, it all tasted like chalk. There was no advancements until Beam came along. That's right, guys. I have been partnering with Beam for quite some time now. They have been helping me with my fitness transformation, what, whatever you want to call it. But they really helped me out with my marathon. A couple things. One with pre-workout. I want to say this. Pre-workout was something that I was a little skeptical about. But when I would come home from work and have to get on the treadmill to go run 8, 9, 10 miles, I didn't want to do that. No one in their sane mind would want to do that. So a little half scoop of the pre-workout. I like the rainbow candy or the pink lemonade. And I was good to go. But it wasn't like jittery, jittery, jittery crash. It was pure energy throughout the entire run. I then come home, get a nice scoop of their vanilla soft serve pre-workout. And man, the chalkiness is gone. Guys, I can't kid you enough. You got to go try this out for yourself. So what we're doing for you guys is we're going to get you guys 10% off on your order. You're going to use the code Jared at youcanbeam.com. When you check out, again, use the code Jared, J-E-R-O-D, at youcanbeam.com. They have plenty of types of products, whether you want super greens, whether you want pre-workout, whether you want whey protein, vegan protein, you name it. They've got it with unbelievable flavors. So head over to youcanbeam.com. Use code Jared, J-E-R-O-D, at checkout to get 10% off. Now back to the interview. But uh, so like what, I guess, what has been the biggest takeaway from leaving your time at PwC to Mm -hmm. this entrepreneurship journey that you're on? I know this is where the beginning of this. I'm not asking yep. you like, what have you learned in the past 21 years, 22 years? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, like, what's the biggest takeaway maybe in the past like six months you've seen go from that corp, we'll call it the corporate job, corporate America to entrepreneurship? Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is it will take longer than you think, but the fact that you think it will take a short amount of time is exactly what you need to get started. Right. So I mean, you, you can't go in with small goals because those big goals, like it's, it's going to be the, the greener pastures that get you started, but the mm-hmm. pastures won't be green right away, but it's, yeah. it's what it takes to get started that, that will create it. And then that will start to compound on itself. And who knows where it goes three, five, 10 years from now, but I do know it's a lot more promising than what I had in mind. And it's a lot more enjoyable too. So it's also what you make of it, right? You can yeah. just say this sucks, like I'm, I'm not going anywhere, like what am I doing? Or you can be like, I have all this freedom, I'm helping all these people. I might not be making all the money that I, I need to be making, but it's gonna go somewhere. And at the very least, like I'm, I'm using my skills for more good than I was or, or a good that I, I feel is a worthy pursuit, so. Yeah. Were you ever scared of the big picture though? Like, I feel like when I talk to entrepreneurs, a lot of them say, don't focus on the big picture, focus on Mm -hmm. the next step ahead of you. Because a lot of time that big picture is almost too daunting and you get so fixated on it that you miss, we'll call it the journey. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, it's like, what happens if I don't hit this goal? Because nothing's guaranteed, but yeah, at the very least, it's just going towards something that you're called to. And I, I believe that whatever you end up doing is something that you're supposed to be doing, right? Nothing's nothing's happening for, nothing is a coincidence in my mind. And I do believe that God is working all things together for good. So if that's the idea, then when you go out and do it, regardless of not, you hit that revenue goal or that profit goal or that net worth goal, mm-hmm. you're doing something that you were called to do and there's no greater 
feeling than that. So absolutely. Now I haven't really been able to ask this question to a lot of creators because this is kind of unique, but Mm -hmm. what do you think? And you can tell me there's none, but what do you think, if any, there's a, what binding agent between what you're doing right now with entrepreneurship, content creation, and this ultra athletics? Yeah. What is the, so you're asking what's the, what kind of overlap? brings it all together? How yeah. do how, like, how do all these things kind of marry each other? Right, 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 right. And that's, yeah, the biggest thing for me is I just want to inspire others to live a life that they desire. And so I think there's no better way to do that than, than do acting it out and doing mm-hmm. it. And so um, I changed my perspective on life by taking care of my body and my mind and my spirit and then I was still kind of unfulfilled so I turned to podcasting I saw that as a way to to read the mission meet the mission of, of communicating with people and, and showing that there is more out there to be to be going after and then mm. then I found myself complaining about about the job that I was working at and so I was like well if I'm always complaining about my job I should probably do as I say which is if you don't like something, change it. And so right. I changed it. And so I think the biggest thing for me is I'm just kind of, I, my goal is to, to at least change the life of one person in a positive manner. And if I can't do that with myself, then I can't do it with anybody. So um, I've been able to, and, and I'm still kind I mean, we're all evolving every each and every day, but ultimately the goal is to, improve myself as much as possible and and in return, improve as many people as possible too. I love that. And you bring up such a good point because I, and I I always tell people this when they ask like, what's the best thing about this podcast or that you've gotten from your show or what have you. And like, I'm not out here saving lives, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is a conversational podcast. I've had some great conversations. I've had some conversations that were really interesting. Some that Mm -hmm. were like, okay, great. But it's the, it's the one or two DMs that you get mm. that you didn't expect, or you haven't heard from this person in a really long time. And they, some, mm. for some reason tuned into that episode and they're like, Hey, this is, I really needed to hear this. Yeah. And I'm, it's usually not even coming from my lips. Like, <laughs> I'm not the one saying it. I just ask right. the questions, you know what yeah. I mean? So, but like, that's the most rewarding part is having someone just be like, Hey, thanks for that. Cause yeah. then it, then mm-hmm. it makes, it kind of validates why, why I'm doing this, you know, right. cause there are nights and I'm sure you have this as an entrepreneur and we've kind of talked about it. It's just like, why the heck am I doing yeah. this? Right. Like who cares? You know, yeah. like but <laughs> at the end of right. the day, hopefully that one or two people care. Yep. Yeah. And for me, it's, you're doing it for God too. You know, you have a spirit within you that you have a greater purpose out there. And if you're not willing to pursue it, then, then you have nothing to complain about, but I will, I don't want to take up too much time on this one question, but I will say at the very least, you, you mentioned the, the feedback that you're getting. And I'll mm-hmm. say this, Jared, is that at the very least, you know that you're improving as a result, no matter what you're doing, you are improving. Right. So that's what I said on, on my podcast. And that's what I see through my podcast is at the very least, like my communication skills and my grasp on these topics that I'm talking about is improving. And for you, like, you're learning more about the person you're learning more about stuff that interests you. There's a reason that you ask people to be on your shows because they interest you. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, regardless of of the people that are attracted to it, you are becoming a better version of yourself as a result, which is cool. 
Right, exactly. Like one of my first marketing professors at Providence College, Dr. DeFonte, said, "Hey, hey my guy," <laughs> <laughs> said you needed a hundred hours to become an expert at something, and he made us do that hundred-hour project of that yeah. first marketing plan. So I'm on probably sixty-five hours of recording these interviews. We're like wow. roughly around sixty-three episodes. So I'm almost yeah. there, Dr. Fonte. I'm almost <laughs> there. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's such a good point. Like I, I always kind of like laugh at the first couple episodes that I did because oh. it. I don't, they weren't a train wreck. Like yeah. I got from point A to point B on the interview, but it wasn't as conversational as I maybe had mm -hmm. envisioned it. Like yeah. my first guest, I've told this story and we actually had her back on a year later, which was great. But Kinsey mm -hmm. Grant, I, I was so excited to get her on. She, mm -hmm. she was working at the morning brew. She was like on business casual podcast. She was a huge name for me at least. Oh. And I was just like, okay, like I'll do whatever she asks. So like for some reason, I didn't think to like have video. So we just did the interview like on a phone call. We both used our microphones for the audio. So, yeah. but I was just like, question, answer, question, answer, question, yeah. answer. And then I had her on a year later. We talked about that. And she's like, yeah, yeah. I can definitely tell that you've improved because it's a yeah. lot more conversational. But yeah. It was, but yeah, that was like, oh, okay, something's working. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, I got to honor you again, Jared, because for me, when I started the podcast, I was like too nervous to ask people to jump on the podcast i was like who's gonna want to talk to me like I, i'm not anybody special but <laughs> so for you to jump right into it then is is big and now it's like i want to get more people on to interview and i just have a bunch of episodes of me talking to myself so hey <laughs> it's I, good I, man i like i can learn from you though i I do, yeah. i've done one solo episode and I was like, I, I sit here staring at my window, like talking to myself. And I'm like, how yeah. who's going to listen to this? Right. So I, I do. I learned from people that can do solo episodes because yeah. I, I've done one and it was like an easy for me. It was easy because it was just like a recap of the thousand mile challenge and the marathon. Yeah. So it was like right. and it was topical. It was recent. But like I like to come like to try and like storytell or something yeah. like that from what happened in my childhood or whatnot. Like I would have uh -huh. to like sit down, write it out and like yeah. all that stuff. So for me, yeah. like these conversations are easy. And for me, like just sending a DM, you know, like mm -hmm. they hear, if they see it great and they respond even better, if yeah. they just don't even see it, you know, like try again next time or whatever. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Dude. And, like people always yeah. ask like, how did you get so-and-so? It's like the same way I got. So like the same way I've gotten all yeah. 56, 60 guests or whatever. It's wow. <laughs> Trying yeah. to reach out, you know, it right. goes back to being a seller. You know how to cold call, yep. you know how to cold outreach. Yep. So. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, like hopping in people's DMs and hoping for the best. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. But so I would say too, kind of going back to the, and not really necessarily the same question, but going back to that point of entrepreneurship, ultra athletic and, and uh, podcasting and content creating, yep. there's that, there's a commonality there. And I think it's consistency. Mm. And I'd love to hear your take on this because yeah. that's the biggest uh i guess like piece of advice that people have tried to give me on this show is be consistent yeah. because yeah. uh something is better than nothing and so in some cases good is better than perfect because if you spend right. too much time thinking about how you can perfect it you mm -hmm. didn't put it out so i guess for you like have you seen that that's that commonality theme for you with training for something like an iron man with putting out a podcast with continuing your entrepreneurship journey is it consistency yeah. that's really been helping you yeah definitely and that's a that's a great point and just like committing to something right like i i think just yeah. committing to so when i started the podcast i said i'm gonna produce one a week yeah and 
so far I've probably missed one or two weeks since doing that, but like committing to that and like holding yourself accountable and saying, this is what I did. This is what I said I was going to do. It's huge. And just like through that, you're going to improve. And same thing with Ironman. I had workouts. I was like, I'm going to, I probably won't miss a workout. And I did miss workouts. Like I, I was traveling and, but like the, having it on a calendar and having it laid out for me and knowing what I said I was going to do is big and just showing up every day. Yeah. Like getting in a routine, waking up at the same time and, and having that same thing happen. And some people say that, that it's too much of a routine, but, but for me it, it works and yeah, I should probably look to switch it up every once in a while. And I do, but, um, it works. And yeah, consistency is key. <laughs> well, I, I have to say before I was going to jump into this next point, you did the four by four by 48 and yeah. you did the same route for all yep. your runs. You were crazy. I saw that on yeah. your Instagram. I was like, that guy wow. didn't even turn left, like just yeah. turn the other way. <laughs> like, right. I was like, how did you do that? But yeah. no, it's, it's so I, I've missed in all, I think two weeks, maybe three, mm-hmm. but I, when I make the decision, cause it is a conscious decision to say, I'm not going to put out an episode. Yeah. In that moment, I'm like, okay, like I can like cook dinner at a reasonable hour tonight, or I can relax tonight. But I always regret it. I always, always, always regret it. And like to a fault where I like kind of like not like beat myself up about it, but I'm like, like I totally could have, or like what? Who cares if it was an hour or two later? You know what I mean? But then like with my marathon training, I was so mad at myself when I would miss a run. I was so mad. Like if I missed a long run on a Sunday, I, in my head, I was like, you're going to go four Oh five. You're going to go, like, you're going to go five hours. Like, yeah. I was like, this is like, you have to stick to the plan. And like, I don't know, maybe that's kind of like screwed with my head a little bit with just like how I want to make this as successful as I can. And everyone telling me, be consistent, be consistent. Like Gary V yep. was like, just put out consistent content for a year yeah. and then yep. it'll be great. And I was like, well, I'm in a year and a couple months and like, I'm not yeah. the next Joe Rogan or Spotify's yeah. not hitting me up in the DM. So, but yeah. I think like in a good way, it does. I think a routine is good. Maybe, you know, some people will say like, switch it up a bit and yeah, go ahead, switch it up. Maybe post on a Thursday. Don't post on, I don't know, but like, you know, it, it, the consistency is what's going to make you, I think successful in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's compound interest, right. It's like just doing the same thing over and over. Science says that you have to improve (laughs) Mm -hmm. and no matter what you're either. I mean, I, I see it as you're either growing or you're slowing and um and whatever you're doing you're getting better at so i'd rather be getting better at something that i enjoy doing and something that i find as a worthy pursuit than something that isn't going to provide any value and might devalue my life so absolutely so where do you see all these career goals whether it be training for something athletically the entrepreneurship or the podcast where do you see these career goals bringing you i'm not going to ask you your 10-year plan i don't like Uh, that question a lot uh, where do you see it because we're almost here at the new year where do you see it bringing into in 2022 yeah that's a great question i was actually kind of just reflecting on it and i do think i'm going to start niching down towards the business field i guess so my goal now is to to create this podcast where it's it's know your numbers with Chris McCormick and we're focused on building wealth through business ownership through investing through profits and just using everything that I've I've learned whether it's the consistency and the need for discipline and the importance of stewarding your body into the financial services field and and just finding I I really do believe that's kind of where my 
my head is at and that's where I'm headed. So I, this has kind of been like a becoming period and then trying and then exploratory period. As you mentioned, there's a lot going on and, and they do kind of, they're all starting to mesh together now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for 2022, I, I have written down on my board is, is the year of wealth. So it's learning about wealth, investing more in myself. Like this year I've been spending decent amount of money on on these pursuits be it the iron man or just investing in my business and, and doing that but now it's time to, to get down to those those core principles and really trying to build build something that will last so um i'm still going to be pursuing the endurance field i love athletics They're, it's such a worthy pursuit I, I got boston in april i'm sure i will have something on the 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 longer distance, be it an yeah. Ironman, an ultra marathon, something like that. Um, well, 26.2 is still pretty long. Let's not discredit <laughs> yeah, right, 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 I right. know yeah. as an Ironman, you're like, it's, that's just one leg of it. But yeah. I like, I'm like, I, I'm still like, where's my next marathon? Am I going to yeah. do it? Like, when am I going to do it? But yeah. No, that's so, huge, yeah. <laughs> man. That's huge. And that's what it takes too. It's like, and like from there, you're like, okay, I can increase my time. I can do better. I can we'll see like maybe my nutrition was off. Maybe I need to eat more or less leading up to the race or during the race. And so you start fiddling around and you're like, this is kind of cool. It's like a, yeah. an experiment. So yeah. Like now I feel like I can run a half marathon almost once yeah. a month at this point. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? I got to get back into yeah. a little bit of a running shape, but yeah. Like, yeah. and again, don't want to discredit people who love the half marathon. So like, <laughs> yeah. it goes no, back to the, you know. that's a great, I mean, that's a fun <laughs> race too. And same thing with the half Ironman. When I was running the Ironman, I was like, okay, half Ironman would probably be, decently fun like this sucks right. but like we maybe we'll do a half iron man or something like yeah that, the so. 70 that's the that's the olympic one too like the 70.3 is an olympic triathlon i think right olympic is smaller so olympic oh, is, okay the run is a 10k which oh, i i did that's that a, that's a sprint that's like yeah imagine oh, yeah. getting off the bike to do that yeah <laughs> and somebody jared somebody you might want to look into is um ado doherty i don't know okay. if you've he's a former providence athlete he ran track at providence i think he was my year transferred to oklahoma and now like he's crushing the triathlon game i think he's he's an olympic hopeful i'm sure he'll get there um but i don't know i don't know i mean he he helped me a little bit on my journey too and he's just a an incredible athlete very disciplined too (laughs) most providence athletes especially if you ran for ray tracy if it is one year two year four years you're gonna be pretty disciplined but what was it for you that was like the nutrition thing because for me if i have to have another goo i'm gonna throw it i literally (laughs) like that's all i had during the race because it was i did that with liquid iv and I like by the fourth one, I was like, I'm gonna throw this up. Like, I just yep. don't want it in my body. And then I didn't yeah. want to eat anything either. Cause like right. after a race, that's the last thing you want to do. But yeah. Oh, dude, it's so tough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nutrition. Uh, honestly, the nutrition on the Ironman was, I found easier than the nutrition on the marathon yeah. two weeks later. Yeah. Um, Cause nutrition on the Ironman, it's just eat anything in sight really. <laughs> when, it, when you're on the bike or the, the uh the run especially so on the bike i had two water bottles with like noon hydration in them um and then they had aid stations throughout and right when i needed it those aid stations came up like you know it's like (laughs) thank god (laughs) yeah right bananas (laughs) they had like caffeine bars which were phenomenal um and it was just trying to get it's like just preparing yourself for the next stage right Mm -hmm. so like 
when you're hydrating and when you're doing all this, it's like, it's not necessarily you need it right now, but it's like to, you're going to need keep it. you from bonking or, or just hitting a wall down yeah. the line. Um, but on the marathon, it was like, dude, I thought there would be a lot more aid stations and they didn't come till. Yeah. They, <laughs> it, it was just water. And I don't do well with Gatorade. I, I try to stay away from like the sugary drinks. Yeah. I hear um, you. And so it was water until like mile 18 or 20. And that's where I'm like, I'm decreasing on my pace. And so they had like maple syrup, caffeinated maple syrup, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) It's like the last Um, thing I'd want to put in my body. Like just like taste alone. I mean, like probably good for you at mile 18 of a marathon, but no thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So it was tough, but I'll actually, one last thing is the days leading up to it. So I, I had a coach, coach Tony Rich, who's actually Dorchester, uh, Boston native. Went to BC, but uh, oh, we don't talk about in, that school here. We yeah, don't, <laughs> he, he's uh, he's big into nutrition, and that's like his thing. It's like it's a, it's kind of a science. So he's like, dude, you got to eat like seven hundred grams of carbs the, the final three days Whoa. leading into the Ironman. So when uh, race is on a th- on a Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're supposed to re- eat seven hundred grams of carbs, and I don't I don't track, but like. Dude, you're eating and it's like, this is like, I I (laughs) could feed it like an African village could live off (laughs) of the food that has been consumed in me. So um, it's just an exorbitant amount of food. And then the day of you have to also like, I think the goal is like 300 grams of carbs, but also like leading up to the race. Yeah. So Don't quote me on that number. I won't, I won't, but still, that's still crazy. That's still crazy. It might be 300 calories, but still it was. And then they're like, okay, but you want an empty stomach before you swim. And so they're like, don't eat anything. Like, dude, it's like a science. And mm-hmm. that alone can cause you to hit a panic attack. Or <laughs> Well, I can attest to swimming on an empty stomach is way yep. better than swimming on something. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like the folklore of like, you got to wait 30 minutes before you go back into the water after eating something. So yeah. accurate yeah. for that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But like for, that was the hard thing for me to learn because I went from mm-hmm. go, doing that in my races to like, I remember the morning of my marathon, I sat at the kitchen table at like 430 in the morning, yeah. like barely wanting to touch the bowl of oatmeal that I made, but mm-hmm. I knew I needed it. Like I was like, yeah. oh, but I don't want to have to go to the bathroom during the yep. race or whatever. You know right. what I mean? So I was like, it was just like a mental game for me. Yeah. But yeah, like I have to think that nutrition in a in an Ironman you're just like protein bar whatever's like there yeah. like for me the marathon I was like please don't eat anything during the race like I just needed like obviously you need calories but yeah find them in a different way what was the hardest leg for you in, a, in an Ironman was it the swim bike or run um great question and that was like everybody was asking me what it would be and the whole time I had to say that it was the bike because wow. you're, okay you're just on the bike for so long i don't think (laughs) any of them were really that hard but like dude the hardest part is like trying to remain present and not letting your mind go to the next like every time when you're swimming you're like i can't wait to get to the bike and then when you're on the bike you're like i can't wait to get to the run and you're on the run i can't wait to finish but like just trying to remain present and be like dude this is your first iron man like you're doing something that a lot of people never do so like enjoy it the good the bad just try to remain present and enjoy so i was telling myself that but by the time like mile 90 came around on the bike and and you're like oh 
I just want to be done. Like, and for me, like as a runner, it's like, I can't wait to get to the run. Like I want to run. I, I know I can pass a lot of this, this field. Um, but yeah, just trying to, and also the bike course was a lot more difficult than expected. They said it's flat. There were a lot of hills. The pavement was like grooved. It was, yeah, it was tough. It was challenging, but I was just like, this is kind of cool. Like you, you hear people complaining about it on the run and you're like, I'm not complaining. I, I yeah. enjoyed it. We all went through it kind of right. thing. So, <laughs> right. And it's just gotta be cool too, to like actually be in a race that you're going to see the sunrise and set in the same, yeah. like in yeah. the same breath, you know? Yeah. I mean, 11 yeah. hours of, of racing is crazy. It's absolutely yeah. insane. So yeah. props to you, but Chris, <laughs> this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much for coming on. We do have one final question for you. And then maybe it's a little bit harder than asking you what was the hardest leg of your Iron Man. But <laughs> if you were to write your autobiography today, Mm. what would be the title of it and why oh that's that is a great question and i have i mean it's in the works um (laughs) that's a great question but i am i do have some titles that i've toyed around with and and i am a man of god so it's it's got to be chasing god and just going after everything that you feel you are called to and that's kind of this came to that title came to me on a on a on a run I think it was and and I'm just like that sounds great and that's kind of how I've been going through this past year is just chasing getting closer and closer to to what I think God is calling me to be so that's it chasing God and uh, a young man's journey amazing <laughs> amazing really no yeah. that works and probably hey, one of our yeah. one of our fastest answers you know yeah. some, like I, I wow. always joke with the guests because it, by no means am I asking you to publish the book next week <laughs> right but it's like when you ask that question it's like this has to be the defining moment you know like and you can change the title believe me i'm not again like i'm not asking no that's sticking jared i'll tell you that much but i do want to know what did do you know what connor holloway said (laughs) oh gosh oh man i don't remember i don't remember but that i mean that guy's got he's got books to write eventually (laughs) and every one of his movies is an autobiography at this point it is (laughs) did you did you see apple cinema yeah, I, I was there. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy. I mean, one thing he said. So we had him on leading up to September 10th, leading up to the world premiere. Yeah, and he right. goes, "I was like, what's one thing that we that like you should like you wouldn't expect from this, obviously." Yeah. And he was like, "It's a lot more autobiography based than you think it is." Okay, and I was like, "Oh, wow. interesting." And then as I was watching the movie, I was yeah. like, "Nailed it, nailed yeah. it." You know, so yeah, that guy's awesome. But Chris. You're awesome as well. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I wish you the absolute best of luck. And I'll have to join you on one of those uh, weekend runs here in Boston after the yes, holidays. Yes, sir. Yes, Absolutely. I'll be in touch, Jared. I appreciate the time and, and honor to you for everything you're doing. Can't wait awesome, to see man. what's next. Go Friars, baby. <laughs> hey. hey. <laughs>